When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market and... Today, we're going to talk about being greedy for gain. Now, as a boy, I grew up in a Christian household, still live in a Christian household, and something that I take very seriously in my everyday life. But my mom and dad, they instilled in me the book of Proverbs quite a bit as I was growing up. And one of the verses that I remember my dad always telling me came from Proverbs fifteen twenty seven. It said, he who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. Like I said, my father often quoted this verse to me. I think it's resonated with me even in my own trading and my approach to trading and probably why you hear me talk about risk management so much because so many times the neglect of risk management leads to us being greedy for gain. And the fact that we won't even consider risk management usually means we're greedy for gain. So this episode, we're going to talk about the current market, some of the trends that we've seen over the past couple of years and how it has led to a mentality of most traders being greedy for gain. But first, what am I drinking? It's Noah's Mill. This comes from the Willet Distillery. And I've never been a huge fan of Willet's basic offering where, you know, it comes in that bottle that looks like a bong. That has way too strong a floral taste. But this Noah's Mill, I've never seen it out there before. I know it exists. It's not necessarily what I would call a hard-to-find bottle. It's just a bottle that I usually don't see at Total Wine. But I did see it this past week. I think I spent about $59 on it. So this has a 57.15% alcohol level. It's 114.3 proof. Really cool vintage-looking bottle here. It says genuine bourbon whiskey handmade in the hills of Kentucky. So my initial glance at this thing has a really deep, rich brown color. I mean, really beautiful. It doesn't have that like honey color that some of the lower proofs have. This one is really rich-looking. To the nose. It comes off a little bit hot. I thought I was picking up maybe on some spearmint, but then when I realized there's like a nutty smell to it, and that's the walnut, man. There's like these strong walnut smells, which is really cool because I don't taste a lot of bourbons that have the walnut smell to it. Now, to the taste, I pick up some oak flavors, and then I pick up that walnut taste again, and it's really nice. Once you know that it's walnut, it's not bad. If you don't realize it's walnut at first, you're like, what the heck am I tasting here? And that's what I struggled with at first. I was like, is this spearmint? Is this corn? What is this? But it's walnut. I know it's kind of crazy to think maybe spearmint, but I was just trying to get my head wrapped around it. And the walnut flavor, once you realize what it is, it's really nice. 
And despite it being 57.15% alcohol, the finish does not overwhelm you at all. It's a really, really nice, smooth finish. It leaves a little bit of a tingle on the tongue. And the finish is very much like the overall taste, which is similar to the smell. So it's very consistent from the nose to the mouth and to the finish of the bourbon. So really cool flavor. For my rating, I'm going to give this a 7.5. Noah's Mill from the Willet Distillery, 7.5. All right, now back to being greedy for gain. It seems crazy I would talk about something like this with the stock market because we're always talking about, okay, make as much money as you can in the stock market. Yeah, really let your winners run wild. But in order to do that, you have to have a base. You have to have a reason for how you're going to approach all your trades. And if you don't, you're really just leaving it up to hopes and dreams and fantasies of being rich. And that's where greedy to gain comes in. Again, I'll repeat the Bible verse to you. It's Proverbs 15, 27. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. Now, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a a Bible believer to realize that there is a lot of truth in this. You look at some of the headlines, like the insider trading, these people who are filthy rich, and yet they will act on insider information, like Martha Stewart, for instance. They'll act on this insider information, and then they'll go to jail for, what, a few hundred thousand dollars when they're already mega millionaires? It's absolutely mind-blowing. But when you're greedy for gain, you will do things that will trouble your own house. Insider trading is probably one of the most basic examples of being greedy for gain in the stock market. Being greedy for gain also revolves around trading earnings with no understanding and no strategy around it. We'll buy a stock and say, hey, I think the stock's going to go higher after earnings. Why? I don't know. I think they'll have a good corner. Well, what you think doesn't matter to reality. I can think that unicorns exist. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the case. So being greedy for gain can lead to so many different areas. And it just doesn't involve the stock market. But for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to focus on the stock market. It also leads us to why we trade what we trade. Why do we trade options? Why do we trade futures? Why do we trade in margin? Why do we go to prop firms? Why do we trade some of these meme stocks? Is it because, drum roll, we're greedy for gain? Oftentimes it is. Now, I'm not saying all options traders and futures traders and all of them that they're greedy for gain. I'm not saying that, but oftentimes the people who do get into it, especially the new traders, they're greedy for gain. They don't have enough money in their account to really make meaningful gains or significant gains from a capital standpoint. So what do they do? They leverage it. They leverage it through margin, through a prop firm. They'll take out loans. They'll take out home equity lines. They will start trading options way out of the money with all of their money. And then they lose. And then when they're doing that, they're being greedy for gain. But what's the end result? They trouble their own home. Their spouse finds out about what they did. Their kids find out that, hey, that money that my parents had set aside for college is gone. We can't pay for the mortgage this month because it was squandered in the stock market. So you have to ask yourself, the way and the manner and the methods that I trade, am I being greedy for gain? Now, that's one of the big things about this podcast that I'm constantly promoting. The stock market is an absolutely horrid place. It will take your money with no second chances. Look, you could play some cards with friends, bet too much. Maybe you have a little bit too much to drink, make some stupid bets. Maybe you bet the car outside. And if you're playing with friends and you lose, maybe they'll say, hey, you know what? I don't want to see this guy's marriage fail. I'm just not going to take his car. Even though he bet it and I won it outright, I care more about his marriage than seeing myself in a brand new Corvette. I mean, hopefully we have friends that would do that for us. But the stock market, does the market care? No, it doesn't care if it puts you out on the street. It doesn't care if it puts your spouse and your kids out on the street. If you're greedy for gain, it will make you pay for it. And so many of our losses, significant losses, I mean, I have losses all the time, but 
significant losses, like portfolio-altering losses can be traced back to the need or the greed for gain. I mean, we've seen some really, really bad results of people greedy for gain. I mean, one of the most significant examples was a trader who killed himself. There was a Robin Hood trader. His name was Alex Kearns. He was a 20-year-old student at the University of Nebraska. He was home from college and living with his parents. And I'm just paraphrasing from some of the stuff I'm seeing here on the internet, but he took up stock investing during the pandemic, started trading with Robinhood because it had commission-free trading. He started experimenting with options trading. Why? Because he was probably greedy for gain. And I'm not trying to dogpile on a dead person here. You know, it's a really sad and horrific thing. I mean, it's an extreme example of what greedy for gain can do. But in his final note, apparently there was a lot of anger that he displayed towards Robinhood. He said he had no clue what he was doing. And he had an account that was negative $730,000. And the crazy thing is, is that it may not have represented the uncollateralized indebtedness, but rather a temporary balance until the stocks underlying his assigned positions actually settled into his account. But he didn't know what he was doing. And oftentimes without knowing what we're doing, we want to make that money so bad that we'll start trading the options. We'll start trading futures and futures has leverage to it and Forex and crypto with no idea what we're doing. But because we want to make money, because we see other people making money or we're hearing about people making money, we will become greedy for gain and in the process trouble our own home. If one's to kill himself as a result of trading, who does that affect? It affects everybody around him, their home. If somebody goes bankrupt, if somebody loses all the money, who are they troubling? They're troubling their home. With all my trades, knowing that I will take losing trades. Yes, I could trade bigger. Oftentimes I think about trading bigger. But the one thing that holds me back is not to trouble my own home. I want to be able to look at my wife and say, hey, I took a loss today, but it didn't ruin us. It was a small loss. That's why I use stop losses too. Because in the end, yes, I don't want to destroy my portfolio, but also I don't want to ruin the life that my wife and my kids have. And so there's often times that I do want to trade big, but I don't do it because I'm not going to be greedy for gain. If I'm going to be right on this trade, I'm going to be systematically right. I'm going to be right because this is what my trading strategy tells me to do and how I've operated over the years with the success that I've been able to experience. Oftentimes too, and especially here in 2022, we're looking at the market from, okay, it's got to go up or down. I got to choose a direction. I just got to go with it without realizing that the market may not go up or down, but more like it's going sideways. Now it might sound like I'm shifting conversation here a little bit, but I'm not. The reason why I bring this up is that we have such a desire to make money every day, every week, every month, that we start putting ourselves into trading positions that we shouldn't be in only because we have a desire to make money here and now that we're not willing to wait for the better opportunities that arise. This year has taught me more about patience than probably any other year in trading. I've had to be patient. That's the only way I've been able to get through this market year because there's so many whipsaws and so many crazy moves. We're used to the V-shaped bottom, so when we see a big dip, we want to buy into it and go long, hard and strong. And then we lose a lot of money because it doesn't go right back up like it used to in the past. Why did it go up so much in the past? Why did we get these V-shaped bottoms? It's because we had a Federal Reserve that was very accommodating. They were buying the debt. They were adding to their portfolio. And in the process, they were adding a lot of money to the system. And it made the stock market go up because it was driving interest rates down. It made it to where the stock market was the only alternative. You've heard the acronym TINA. There is no other alternative. And so the stock market goes up. But guess what? We have a Fed now that's raising rates, quite possibly even raising rates too much at some point in the future, enough to where the market is trading at new lows here in the month of October. 
where the S&P and the NASDAQ, they're all looking at losses of more than 20%, and we don't even know where the bottom's at. The Fed's not on our side. So if you're going to buy the dip, it would make sense to get long when the Fed starts to become a little bit more accommodating in their monetary policy. But if we just get long because we want to make money because we can't wait any longer or we're afraid of missing out, then we're being greedy for gain, and therefore we're leading to the potential of troubling our own household. Now, while we fight that day-to-day with trying to trade the markets, trying to go all in, or trying to use leverage to squeak out a quick gain on a day trade or on a scalp, we've seen more of this over the last couple of years, especially with the meme stocks, and even people taking pride in the fact that they're fully leveraging themselves out, that they're pouring their life savings into something. There's been a lot of people that have lost a ton of money. I can't even tell you how many people I've talked to that's been up over a million dollars because they did leverage themselves, but they kept trying to leverage themselves, thinking that they could go from making a million from 100000 to maybe taking the million and making $100 million. True stuff. And instead, they lose all of those gains, and more, they lose their capital. The phenomenon that we saw with GameStop and the, what we saw with AMC, a lot of people say, oh, we're trying to stick it to the man, we're trying to stick it to Wall Street. No, it was really because while we all want to think that we're part of some kind of a cause in the stock market or like we're really trying to just stick it to the man. No, we're trying to make a lot of money really fast. We're greedy for gain. And then the whole expression diamond hands came about. Why? Because they didn't want everybody else selling out of their positions when they weren't willing to sell out of the positions themselves and then cause the stock to go down even further, causing them to lose money. Why? Because they had to make money. They were greedy for gain. They weren't getting out at a loss. So they held on and took bigger losses. These meme stocks, they were never going to end well. And when the stock didn't perform for them, when they put their faith in the stock and it didn't do exactly like what they expected it to, then they put their faith in a person. They put it in Elon Musk. They put it in Ryan Cohen. They thought those people would bail them out, that they would say something, that they would do something, that they would say something funny on Saturday Night Live to make their cryptocurrencies go up. And they failed them too. They had misplaced faith all because they were greedy for gain. And in the end, they troubled their own home. Now, one of the things that filters out a lot of the greediness and the need for gain and preaches patience and preaches risk management is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. How was that for a segue, guys? Swingtradingthestockmarket.com is the patron website that follows this podcast. And with it, you're going to get multiple videos each day, and you're going to get my updated watch list. You're going to get trading ideas, and you're going to get market analysis and updates on all the big tech stocks and my approach and my reasoning with the market at large. It's really good stuff. And by signing up for it, you're also supporting Swing Trade in the Stock Market podcast. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. It's a great, great deal. Now, one of the things that has really benefited me a lot this year has been waiting, has been being patient. And it's really hard to do that most of the time. Going two weeks without making a trade can really be frustrating. But if I look at those periods where for two weeks I didn't trade, or maybe it was a few days where I didn't trade. And I look at the opportunities that I wanted to trade, but I knew it wasn't the right opportunity, but rather a need to trade. Those trades never worked out good. The trades that I did the best on were the ones that I waited for. And in this market, when you have so much turbulence, when you have so much headline risk, and when you have so many things going wrong in the world and in the economy, it pays to wait. And waiting is a very profitable trading strategy because it can keep you out of a lot of bad situations. Remember Proverbs 15, 27. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. 
If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave a five-star review and keep sending me your questions. I'm going to get back to that in the next podcast episode. I want to hear what you guys are struggling with, what you guys want to know about. Send them to me. I will put them on the air more than likely, as long as it's not some crazy question that I really can't answer. And we'll continue to conquer this stock market together. So check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Don't trouble your own home. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 